It is 5.55 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And I bring to you another podcast from the players in the game of life. Last week we talked about can I get a do-over? Is there a chance, a possibility that I can get another chance? Can I be reconciled back to God? Can I be forgiven for the sin that I have committed? The answers in the podcast. Go back and check it out. This week we want to talk about something a little different. But the question has been asked. If Jesus paid the price for our sin, why do we still suffer the consequences of our sin? Well, today I decided to entitle this one Correct Change. The Bible gives the good news that Jesus paid the price for our sin according to Ephesians 1 7. Yet in many ways we still suffer the consequences of our sins. For example, a drug dealer may become a Christian in prison, but that doesn't mean that he or she will be released from prison the next day. He or she will still experience the consequences of their past sin. A born-again Christian who falls into adultery may lose his or her family, his or her career, even after he or her confesses and forsakes their sin. The consequences of their sin remains. Coming to Christ does not erase the temporal effects of sin. Rather, our salvation guarantees that we will not face the eternal consequences of sin. The consequences of sin is death, according to Romans 6 and 23. As sinners, we deserve to be eternally separated from God and His holiness. On the cross, Christ Jesus paid the penalty for our sin with His own blood. He who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. On the basis of Christ's perfect sacrifice, those who believe are no longer under God's condemnation. It is important to understand that when the believer in Christ experiences consequences for sin, it is not because he is under God's condemnation, according to Romans 8 and 1. His wrath, according to Thessalonians 5 and 9, or his retribution, according to 2 Thessalonians 1 and 8. Believers are under God's grace, Romans 6, 15. Jesus took the wrath of God upon himself. Sin's consequences still experienced by believers could be classified in one of these ways. Universal consequences. Some of sin's consequences are experienced perpetually by every human being on earth. Because we are all children of Adam, we all have weeds growing in our gardens. We all face natural disasters. We all get sick and grow old. And we all eventually die physically according to Romans 5 and 12. As sinners living in a sinful world, there is no avoiding these consequences of 
the original sin. Natural consequences exist. These are when we live in a world of cause and effect as we do where the law of sowing and reaping is in full effect you will get your correct change some of sin's consequences are built in practically guaranteed no matter if the sinner is saved or unsaved the bible warns that sexual immorality is a sin committed against one's own body according to 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Proverbs 6 and 27. If you steal something, you should expect to get caught and face the natural consequences that allow the sin of theft or that follow the sin of theft. If you resist arrest, when you get caught, you pile on more consequences, sowing and reaping, getting your correct change. Then there's instructional consequences. Very likely God allows some of sin's consequences to remain in our lives to teach us the heinous nature of sin and to remind us to depend upon God's grace. Sin is a serious enough problem for God to have sent his son into the world to die. We dare not take sin lightly. In the face of sin's consequences, we humble ourselves and seek God's kingdom and righteousness all the more according to Matthew 6 and 33. When Ananias and Sapphira were disciplined for their sin, it was instructive for the church. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events in Acts 5.11. See also 1 Corinthians 5 and 5 and Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 and 20. Disciplinary consequences are next. Some of sin's consequences are the result of God's treating us as a father should his children. There's a difference between a penalty for sin and discipline for sin. As God's children, we experience discipline designed to guide us back to the right path. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chases everyone he accepts as his son according to Hebrews 12 5 and 6 and Proverbs 3 11 and 12 the church of Corinth provides a great example of Christians facing the disciplinary consequences of their sin. In partaking of the Lord's table or the Lord's supper in an unworthy manner, they brought God's displeasure. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep, according to 1 Corinthians 11 
and 30. We see similar disciplinary action taken in Samuel, 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. Even after David confessed his sin and was forgiven, God allowed certain consequences to befall David and his household. He received his correct change. God allows us to experience some of the temporal consequences of sin to show his love for us. If God never disciplined his straying children, he would not be a good father. If we were never disciplined or never suffered the consequences for our wrong action, we would never learn right from wrong. We tend to learn from our mistakes more readily than we learn from our successes. Praise the Lord for his goodness. He allows us to experience temporal consequences of sin for our own good. But he has saved us from the eternal consequences of sin. Jesus paid that penalty for our sins. So we will never experience the second death, which is the lake of fire, according to Revelations 20 and 14. Believers in Christ are promised that the curse and consequences of sin will be completely removed one day and nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain according to Isaiah 11 and 9 but here on this earth my brothers and sisters we will receive our correct change. I look at what it is said that Jesus or that God rather disciplines his children as a good father should. There seems to be a lack of discipline in our world today. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that you should beat your children, but I'm saying that you should discipline them. The lack of discipline sometimes shows to me a real love for your child. Because when you refuse to discipline them, you tell them that whatever they do is okay. But they interpret it as you don't love them. Let me ask you a question. Which teacher do you really remember? Do you remember the teacher in school that let you slide and get away with everything? Or do you remember that teacher that stayed on your, yes, and just drove you to make you do better? Or do you remember those punishments or those, I'll say, whippings that we got from some of our parents? You know, I remember some that I received, and I mean, you know, with a joking in it, you know, I learned to speak in tongue almost by some of the whoopings that I received. I didn't know what I was saying when I, that ironing cord or that extension cord or that, that, that leather strap caught hold to my backside. But it stopped me from being in prison. It didn't stop me from doing wrong. I'm not gonna lie and say it did. I'm not perfect. But they disciplined me. And I found out right from wrong. 
I'm going to tell you today, if you can go out, even a Christian, and do something that isn't right, if you don't have a conviction or there's not something that convicts your spirit, you need to check your salvation. Are you saying that sinners can be Christians? If you are a Christian and you don't sin, then you make the Bible a lie. Because he says we all have sinned. And we will continue to sin as long as we're here in this flesh. But we press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, we will get our correct change. The law of reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping. You will get your correct change. Yes, Jesus got his correct change. When he died on Calvary's cross or when he went to Calvary's cross, his father God turned his back on him. The Bible says that Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the answer is because God cannot look upon sin. He has to turn his back. But what God did for us was he allowed his son to go to Calvary's cross. Now, did he have to go? Well, there was a moment where Jesus said, can this cup, is there any other way that, that, that this can be done? Can this cup be removed from me? Do I have to drink of this cup? Do I have to go through? Do I have to pay the price for these people here on earth? And he says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life would be with Christ Jesus without him turning his back on us. But now Jesus Christ got his correct change because God turned his back on him. But at the end of the story, Jesus Christ is now with his father, sitting on the right hand with, Jesus, with God right there with him. The right hand of God sitting down now and interceding for us and saying, forgive them, Father, for they knew not what they do. He's interceding for us. He paid the price for us so we wouldn't have to pay the ultimate price of separation from God. If we come to Christ, we too will get our correct change for being obedient to the will of God. So I'm asking you now, there's two ways you can look at getting your correct change. If you decide to straighten up and fly right, there's eternal life with God and Jesus Christ. But if you choose to do the other, well, I guess you'll get your correct change. Stick with us and stay. Share this podcast with someone else. You may not believe these things that I've said to you today. But to be perfectly honest with you, 
I'm not here to try to change your mind. I'm not here to try to make you think like me. I'm not even here to make you believe me. I just want to put something out there and hopefully it will cause you to think. And now I ask you a question. What if I'm right? What if the word of God will help to change you, to rearrange you? What if your father or you are father out there want to change the direction in which your child may be going? Maybe we've made a mistake and we haven't disciplined our children the way I didn't say beat them. I said discipline them. Sometimes a good talk is good. My father would talk to me for 15 minutes and then he'd tear that backside up. I don't know how your father or how you may do it. I'm just saying do it so your children can get the correct change. There's two ways they can look at it now. Talk to you next week. God bless.